Welcome once again to the UND Insider Weekly Podcast. This is where we break it down, ladies and gentlemen, and show you all the knowledge that we have. So we'll be done here in about a minute. <laughs> I'm Tim Hennessey, your host. Phil Newman from WDAZ-TV Sports Directors with us. Hi, Phil. Hi, thanks for having me. Good to have you here. Doggone it, late as you were. Tom Miller from the Grand Forks Herald. <laughs> Brad Schlossman from the Grand Forks Herald. Uh, as always, and our wisdom is about to take over as we talk about men's and women's hockey, men's and women's basketball, and a little baseball thrown in at this time of the year. As I think it's kind of blown up all over the place. Uh, UND's two out of three wins at Southern Cal, the 12th ranked team in Division One baseball in the country, including a one to nothing three-hit shutout for Zach Buckenhorn in the opening game of that series. And I, I'm i not sure that the uh, the performance by Muckenhorn was uh, that big of a surprise. I guess maybe uh, the fact that uh, Southern Cal almost lot dropped three of those games might have been the biggest surprise in the whole thing. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I, I mean... You look at you look at the the difference in programs there. North Dakota's home field has got to be covered in snow. So Muck, what is Muckenhorn thrown off of? You know, a, a fake mound in Hislop, maybe. Yep. You no, know, they're in the practice facility. Yeah, but what's he throwing off of? I know, but it's not Hislop. Yeah. Well, Come on. Okay. Well, it's not it's not raised. <laughs> you know, uh, I just. Oh, I bet they have a mound. Okay, but oh, but it's still a fake mound. Yeah. You know what Absolutely. I mean? It's, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and USC is playing outdoors, and they're number twelve. I. I don't know how. And they threw their ace. Yeah, and that's the other thing is that you know there's time. I think college baseball is one of the easiest sports to sneak out a surprise because you can maybe match up a one against an eight pitcher. You know, if you face somebody midweek when they're trying to avoid their weekend guys, but uh, to do it when you when you open the season, you know, they're he, UND was facing. I'm sure USC's, you know, at least some of their top guys. I was. uh, It was interesting that I was telling you guys about it. That I got a phone call from a gentleman that was in LA, and he said that he saw that the USC coach told his team that they won't see a pitcher like that in their league. And I just wondering if the. And I'm not taking anything away from Muckenhorn or anybody else, but if a kid's throwing 92, 93, 94, 95, whatever it is, and he's throwing them for strikes, and he's 18 years old in high school, he's getting drafted, and he's not going to college. So maybe the quality of pitching. Uh, in college baseball is not what it used to be. That could be part of that, I suppose. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Pretty good point. That the real studs don't get there. Right. Or potential studs don't get there. Yeah. But you don't, if they're that way, you know, when they're 18 years old, some, some guys it'll take a little bit sure. to grow into that. And I'd, that's where they're probably getting their guys. That's what right. I mean. If the, the real horses, horses to be are probably not going to college. Yeah. The other impressive thing about UND is I think there was a lot of question around this program this year because they lost so many guys, so many key guys last year. You know, you lose Jeff Campbell, uh, Tyler Follis, um, a couple of key pitchers as well. But they have 19 new faces on this roster. And I think after Friday night, I think Jeff Dodson said, biggest win in this program's history. And then after Saturday, he said, we – I can't even describe what we just this program just did beating 12th ranked USC twice and then as you said they almost they almost get the sweep so uh, an incredible opening weekend for them I don't know how many people saw that coming how much uh, of an impact is the indoor practice facility does it play something I mean yeah, I, is there something to that I think as somebody who uh, attempted to play spring baseball in North Dakota I mean your, your first your first experiences outdoors you know, in high school, we were playing in the Alaris Center parking lot or Memorial Stadium's turf or 
concrete and purper and it just helps to i'm sure have some open air and extend some toss and well i know coach dodson said that they, he attributed the defense of his team to mm-hmm. being indoors he said they get a chance to work on cutoffs ground balls that type of stuff and just don't see a fly ball in the sky that's all yeah well obviously the results are there if uh you know you can start a season like that and we'll see where they go from start. here but you know you you have to wonder if that uh, helps them out men's hockey team took two from uh, minnesota duluth over the weekend uh, the Friday night game decided on uh, uh, Paganski's penalty shot, and then uh, Brock Besser gets the game winner on Saturday. Great column uh, today, uh, Brad, about Brock Besser being a game changer. And <laughs> the enlightening stat there was he scores on three out of 11 shots this year against Duluth, <laughs> and Duluth scores on two out of 139. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's, you know, the Brock Besser guys are rare, guys that, you know, just score on almost every scoring chance. And uh, Minnesota Duluth clearly does not have a guy like that on their team. And, um, you know, they play a pretty good game. And um, you think you play uh, real well against Besser, and all of a sudden he has a space one time for two seconds and you lose the game because of it. And it was the same thing in Western Michigan. Uh, they played a really two really good games, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden – he had space just, you know, for two seconds, and that, that's all it took for him to win the game. I think the difference on Saturday was that, that it was four on four. There were two penalties. There was mm-hmm. a little more space, and yep. the penalties were just expiring. They hadn't got back into Correct. the play yet. So he had a little bit of ice time or a little bit of room, and you give him that room, and he's usually deadly. That was the one in Denver we thought that he could have had in the first period yep. Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, might have made a difference in that game. But, yeah, there's not many pure goal scorers like him. But I, to me, the impressive part of Brock Besser is his entire game. Yep. Yeah, he he's, competes on both ends of the ice, and then when it comes down the other end, uh, he's dangerous. You know, like the, the guys I, I think of who are just, you know, pure goal scorers that, that have come through here, recently would be like a Bachensky and uh, Matt Fratton but um, you know Besser's a little more well-rounded than uh, those guys you know a little better skater than Bachensky and Fratton scored 36 goals uh, his uh, senior year and not one came on the backhand <laughs> so you know it, already uh, Besser's showing a little more versatility for in, in scoring different types of ways and he's a little more of a setup guy too so uh, just a, a guy that can completely change a game. So now we know why, uh, you know, the the coaching staff was uh, taking uh, secret ships out to Waterloo on random Mondays in the afternoon to try to recruit him and why they uh, worked so hard to get him here. And obviously it paid off. The uh, We can run through it one time with everybody here. I think everybody saw the penalty that created the uh-huh. penalty shot for Austin Pagansky in overtime. And I said it live when it happened that that could be a penalty shot, and I stand by that. I didn't, mm-hmm. Nothing changed my mind on that. How about you, Brad? Well, the, the first thing I think, uh, you know, right away, I would, right away I thought it was a penalty shot, too. I, I told you that. Right away I'm looking at uh, Todd Anderson waiting for him to make the sign because I thought there was a good chance. Watching on replay, uh, you know, maybe you give him a, a, a two-minute minor. But... Um, you know, the big thing is, is during hockey games, you're going to have things that go for you and against you. And you need to make uh, those chances uh, count when, when you get opportunities. And UND made their opportunity count. Minnesota Duluth got a two-minute power play to start overtime, and they didn't make their opportunity count. You know, some people, you know, didn't agree with that call on Luke Johnson. And, um, you know, even though uh, they don't agree with that call, you know, Minnesota Duluth had a chance to win the game, and you have to make the most of those opportunities you get. What do you think, Phil? I, 
it, yeah, it was it was close. I I was kind of in the midst of getting uh getting the show together, so I kind of saw it out of the corner of my eye and saw him make the penalty shot signal, and you know that makes for a great finish and some great highlights. But um, yeah, that's tough. I know I know Duluth wasn't too happy about it. So, um, but I, I I'm I'm kind of curious, Brad, not not to change subjects completely, but going back to Besser, for guys you've seen his as a freshman coming in, you mentioned Fratton and those mm-hmm. guys, but like, where does he stack up with? As know, far as rookies? Yeah. Fratton scored four goals this rookie year. So, I mean, they're not right. particularly close. Um, you know, TJ Oshie was a guy who was really dominant from his first year on, but he wasn't necessarily a sniper type player. He's he's a really skilled player, but he's not a guy who's just going to rip a puck by a goalie every chance he gets, like Besser does. Well, he there was that stat that he he scored twenty goals as a yeah. freshman, thirteenth guy to do that. The first since Taves and Oshie yep. did it. But I, yeah. I'm just kind of curious where you know because it. He's having an incredible year, yeah. And it, he's a first-round draft pick, and I mean, there have been guys I, I'd go way, I can go way back to a Dixon Ward. Yeah. That, I mean, back then Dixon Ward was probably more dangerous from the top of the circles in than Brett Hall was. Huh. He's like a Brett Hall, yeah, uh, to a point. Huh. Uh, maybe not the booming shot that mm-hmm. Brett had, which wasn't as booming as the old man, but because he was Brett Hall, everybody thought his slap shot was, you know, get out of the way, but. As far as dangerous from the top of the circles in, you can go back to those guys, and he's every bit as dangerous as they were because back then there were guys getting more room than they get now. Yep, for and that's sure. part of it too. Yeah. There's a there's not much room out there anymore in college hockey to to make those kind of plays and or to do those kind of things, and he's doing it uh, under duress for the mm-hmm. most part, and he's making the room to get those jobs. Yeah, that job. He done. can make the room, and I think that's a difference between him and some other guys is. Um, you know, on, on Saturday night, you know, he pulled that little head fake on the guy and skated into the, the open space. I think as far as just a pure goal scorer, I don't know if since I've been here, I've seen a freshman um, who's as good of a pure goal scorer as he is. Not their freshman year. I don't think so. Uh, Brock Nelson came along as a sophomore. Fratton came along as late in his junior, junior. year. Um, you know, Bachensky, you know, sophomore year. He had a decent line mate with him, Zach Parisi. Not bad. <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, he's a rare player. Yeah, sure. that, I guess that's the best way to put it. He's rare. Tom, how impressive is that for a 19-year-old kid to stand at the red line with 12,000 screaming <laughs> people and the game on the line and then just calmly skate in and thank you, game over. Yeah, that's uh, – I don't know if there's a – great basketball comparison or another sport you know free throw late but he was uh he was pretty calm and cool and uh handled that pretty well and sounds like that's uh kind of his go-to move apparently uh is that one there so he might have to mix it up if he gets another one how many times have we seen that on thursdays tim that that movie goes to his backhand i mean and the goalies know it they know it's coming more often than not so the second he got the penalty shots i knew exactly what he was going to do because you still have to honor that little move to the forehand oh, and a tuck of in course. the five hole. Because so, he can do it. Yeah. You know, and that, that's what the goalies say is hard. We know he wants to do yeah. that, but he will still do that to you know and, and uh, keep, keep us honest. honest. And yeah. he can score the other way, too. He has a good shot. A couple of good wins for the men's hockey team. The, un, the women's hockey team, I guess it's status quo. They lose mm-hmm. on Friday night to uh, probably an inferior opponent. 
mm-hmm. and then come back for a win on Saturday. I, I, I don't know what more you can well, say about this. The the what we've been talking about all year is how are they going to generate offense, and if you look at their losses, they're averaging less than a goal per game, point eight goals per game, and their wins just over three. So I, I mean, it's just that's going to determine how far this team can go because you know that they have good goaltending. Mm-hmm. Uh, but can they generate enough offense uh, to to win games and, and go deep in the postseason? And can they be consistent enough? Because right now uh, it's the playoffs. They have to win this tournament to right. uh, move on. Otherwise, they're done. And uh, to do that, they're going to have to win at worst four or five games. And, you know, they just have not shown that kind of consistency all year long, and they're going to have to find it here in the playoffs. Basketball team, the men had a great win over Northern Colorado. Because it was Northern Colorado, it had to be one, had to be one point, and it was 74 to 73. Quentin Hooker was uh, uh, was almost unstoppable in that game. It's such, it's so much fun to watch that guy play, uh, Tom. I mean, he's the story of that game, along with some missed free throws. But maybe the biggest story of that game is winning those games that that came down to where they could have crumbled. Yeah, you know, still, still not the greatest final five minutes I, I think the thing that jumps out here is uh Quentin's five steals might be more important than anything else because if you look at the numbers between Northern Colorado and UND I think you uh, Northern Colorado probably shot a better percentage from the field both from field goal and three um but the difference was UND forced forced Northern Colorado into more than 20 turnovers which is something you don't often see on the men's side no um that's uh that's a pretty impressive number and it uh you know, if you play defense like that, it can offset some of your other issues that they they you know might have had there. Their their bench is a little bit shorter right now without uh, Cortez Seals getting a little banged up. So I think I saw the stat that um, UND ranks first in the Big Sky in turnover margin, and Northern Colorado last. Yeah, so yeah I think I saw that too. Yeah. It was on the TV. The women's basketball team nipped Northern Colorado as well. That I'm driving to the hockey game on Saturday, and I'm listening to it, and there's. A minute left, or whatever it was, they're up by five, and oh, no, this is pretty good. Next thing I know, I pull in the parking space, and she hits the three to go ahead by what? <laughs> and Leah Zabla had to, had to can a couple free throws at the end. But again, at this time of the year, to be able to win those games, no matter how you win them, I guess is a good thing. Huh? That's been the women's team's calling card, especially over the last few weeks, last couple months is winning those close games. I think Coach Brew calls them the cardiac kids or something like that. Uh, they've, they've shown that they can pull out those, those uh, tight games at the end, and that's certainly uh, an asset to have as you get down to the postseason. Can, as we move on, can either the men or the women get into the top four? Is it high, how likely is it, Tom? Well, I think the men have, might need a little bit of help. There's a really jumbled mess from the third seed to the seventh seed. I think it's Weber and Montana at the top. And then, you know, you got some Eastern Washington, Idaho, Idaho State, UND. Uh, there, there's quite a few uh, uh, right in there hoping to get that four spot. But, uh, you know, I know North Dakota this weekend will have a big opportunity to to make up some ground playing against a couple teams uh, lower and lower than them in the standings. And uh, I think some of those other teams in that jumbled mess uh, have uh, some tougher opponents. So if UND is going to climb into that uh, conversation for the four spot, they're going to have to take care of business against Portland State and Sacramento State. At home. Yeah, which, uh, you know, obviously is a huge difference in the big sky when you when you have to travel as far as you have to travel, you know, with Portland State and Sac State coming in. Changing a couple time zones, that's that's always going to make a difference. You really can't lose these games, can you, Phil? 
Uh, it, uh, you know, on paper, of course, it's that's that's what it says. But you, you know, these guys are going to come in here, and um, you never know. But no, it, it, if you want to be, you know, in in that top four, like you're just talking about, no, you you can't afford to lose these games because, um, especially in the Big Sky, Coach Jones talks about it all the time how important those home games are, and especially against teams who are in the bottom third of the conference. Those are games you have to have. Has, has anyone seen the uh, football team at the basketball games? Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they, yeah. they show up. They show up. There. I've, seen, I've seen way more of some of the football teams. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> oh, I if, if, if we're talking. Uh, yeah. I thought you just meant in terms of support, but now I know. No, I'm talking, talking about, about them. Li- no, I'm talking about them keeping it lively. I mean, I saw yeah. a guy swimming across the top of the crowd during free throws and all sorts of stuff. It was. Yeah. You might want to take, you know, my advice to them would maybe take the fourth string running back. And, and, and have them swim across all the bodies and, and leave the first string running backs on the floor. But uh, that's just me. That would be your comment on that Yeah, that would be my advice. Is there any validity to Coach Jones uh, told me today that he thought, you know, when you talk about Portland State, Sac State, you talk about teams that are in the lower third of the league. But he said there are also teams with, with a lot of new faces, and the only the thing about playing them at this time of the year is they've had a chance to – They've had a chance to gel, if you will, and they're a lot better now than they were at the start of the season. So maybe this isn't the best time to get them. Well, and maybe maybe last year, if we're talking about eight teams advancing to the Big Sky Tournament, maybe the, we're talking about two teams packing it in. Uh, there's plenty to play for if you're, uh, you know, where's Portland State and Sac State? They're uh, eighth and tenth, you know. So maybe maybe if you play them, you know, when not every team goes to the Big Sky Tournament like you do this year, Maybe there's less to play for, but right now everybody has an opportunity to build towards the postseason. There's no, uh, there's no elimination right now. So you hinted that maybe the women have a better chance of getting in that top four, even having to play at Portland State and Sac State. You hinted at that, Tom. I know you did. Did I? Oh, what do I know? Didn't he say that? Especially on the men's side, right, Phil? Come on, back me up on this. Have my back. Yeah. Didn't didn't say it explicitly. But no, he, but he, he hinted, hinted at it. Yeah, he thank you, Brad. Thank it. you. Yes, you did. Why is that? Why the women could be in the top four? Why they have a better chance than the men? Because that's uh, what you said. Well, I, I, <laughs> I just know the men. The men got some ground to make up. I, I don't have the women's standings in front of me. I don't know how they can do. They're in sixth place. Put it that way. And they play at Portland State, who's eleventh, and at Sac State, who's seventh. Is it Sac State that runs up and down and? Yeah. Plays no huh. defense? Yeah, they like to shoot the threes. They go all Marymount on it? Yeah, I don't... I'm trying. Who was that school that... Uh, Why are you all Marymount? Uh, there's a D3 school. Grin- oh, Grin- Grinnell? Grinnell. Grinnell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Grinnell plays that style. The kid who scored like 100 points. Yes. Yeah. I don't think they have that talented of a player, but if they start hitting some threes, UND doesn't have that kind of firepower. they got to make sure that game's more of a slow it down, get it inside kind of game. First round of the playoffs for the women's hockey team, and who knows, right, Brad? Well, I mean, that's <laughs> Saint Cloud State, right? Yeah, uh, the one they were uh, just in here and won one. Yep. Oh, the the one interesting part is it's finally a new opponent in the first round. Like they've been playing Bemidji almost every single year, <laughs> and it's about time that there's a new opponent in here in the first round. So, um, like you know, I think uh, we have no idea what team's going to show up, and uh, if they play as uh, well as they can, they'll advance. If they play as bad as they can, they won't advance. You know, St. Cloud State's a vastly improved team under Eric Rude here in his second year as coach, and they've got some players, and 
um, we have no idea what team's going to come. Yeah, the way this season has gone, the women's hockey team is 16, 11, and 5 mm -hmm. on the year. Uh, you know, you say, well, they got to win this tournament to advance to the NCAA. they got to win this first round. Yeah, I and mean, it, that's where it it's starts. It's not a given. It, it is absolutely not a given that they'll win in this first round series. Um, you know, St. Cloud State uh, split here last time. Um, the first uh, series, uh, UND got a win in the tie, and the reason they got the tie is because they scored three extra attacker goals in the last five minutes to tie it. So um, they've been pretty even this year, and, um, you know, who knows uh, who will come out of this. But, you know, that's the first step to winning the tournament is you have to win this first round, and uh, it's certainly not a gimme. The uh, men's hockey team out of Omaha, and they play on Friday, and they'll play without I, – I think he's the best player in the league, Troy Stetcher. I he mean, overall be. best player in the league. I don't know how it's going to translate to the next level or anything like that, but right mm -hmm. now I'm saying I think he's the best player in the league. He's a very dominant player, and um, it's kind of been the story of the season, you know. It, it hasn't just been uh, guys who are out. I mean, um, they've been key players. You know, Paul Ledoux's missed uh, games. Tucker Pullman's missed games. Nick Schmaltz, Drake Kajula. Brock Besser, you know, every who hasn't been out at one time this year, or Stetcher hasn't been out, so um, this is a new challenge for the team, and uh, going against a team that uh, will push the pace offensively with that first line, and uh, they struggled with them one, one game last time up here, so it'll be interesting. They, they, they want to have Troy Stetcher and Gage Osmus match that top line. And they're, you know, not going to be able to do that. It's not going to happen. Uh, I think we thought when there were six games left, you would probably have to go at least five and one <laughs> yep. to get a share yep. maybe of the top spot. Because I don't know. I, you know, Duluth is going to St. Cloud. And you got to wonder where there comes a point where Duluth snaps mm -hmm. and may either snap one way or the other. Yep. They may either kick somebody's butt yep. or they may just go right, yeah. down, right down the tank because nothing's gone right for them. No, it's incredible the season that they've had. But, yeah, you know, I think three and one uh, to go, like you said, five and one with six games, I think that is the minimum that you'll need. Um, they might need to go 4-0 and here in, in the last four games, and it's not going to be easy. Uh, we'll be watching that uh, St. Cloud Duluth series. It should be a real interesting one, as should the one in Baxter Arena. And if we can get uh, Blazer to play his fourth line more. <laughs> Did you see that press conference? No. <laughs> he threw the fourth line under the bus about four times. Oh, that's right. Yes, yeah, I heard about that. Uh, yeah. Because apparently they played very well against St. Cloud the first night. And he said, I had, I have got no qualms. He said, we could have won that game. We sound stupid, but it was because it was four to one. But he said, we outplayed them. Mm -hmm. And we've seen that before, too. We, uh, I mean, Duluth, yeah. they outplayed us in the yeah. Friday night game there, for sure. A goaltender saved, yes, saved that one for Yes, the us. shots were uh, pretty uh, in favor of Omaha in that Friday night game. But Well, you and he's had Luke Johnson's line on the Heinen line in Denver. That didn't go so good. Nope. Uh, had him out at times against the Tonanato line against Duluth, and it was okay. Mm -hmm. That was fine. So we'll see if who uh, who Coach Barry decides to go with. Who Gage Osmus plays with, and what the D pairings are, will be interesting. You know, we'll have Willan and then Shaw out there together, and that hasn't happened on defense too often this season. They've. You think they'll pair them? Um. Yes. Do you? I do, and I think that they'll be careful with their matchups and. Um, you know, try. The situation with that, as I look at him as freshman, Christian Wallana with the puck, I have all the confidence in the world. Yep. In Shaw defending, I have all the confidence in the world. Mm -hmm. Vice versa, Christian Wallana defending, 
not all the confidence in the world, and he didn't shower the puck, not all the confidence yeah. in the world. So, And we'd still grow into that as freshmen. So you got one. Maybe that will work out well for him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Tell Hayden to defend and Christian again. <laughs> <laughs> that could work, right? Yeah, it'll be a challenge. And, uh, you know, you know, on Saturday night, Troy Stetcher's going to come back with uh, lots of jump and effort level. Not that he ever lacks effort. I mean, I just, I just think he's the most fun player to watch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, it's interesting to hear you guys say, you know, because I, I don't have the hockey sense to say, oh, I know he's the best player in the league. I don't, you know. But he's the most fun to watch, for sure, when yeah. out there. I'd, the guy flies up and down the ice and hustles for every puck. Yeah, he competes, and he's done that since day one Yep, uh, yeah. as a freshman. This team has lots of guys who are fun to watch, actually. I think, remember when we went out to Maine, mm-hmm. um, that's the, you know, the first games of the year. I think that was the biggest takeaway is, man, they got a lot of guys that are fun to watch on this team. You know, Besser, Kajula, Schmaltz, Stetcher, uh, you know, even yeah. a guy like Tucker can do some things that are pretty special. And you just, uh, you know, not too many teams have that many guys who can, uh, you know, end up on the highlight reel every night. It seems like every night you go to the rink, something's happening, whether it's the six guys touching the puck and four seconds or the oh, uh, overtime penalty shot or things like that or the Kajula on uh, Huntsville something's happening almost every night yeah, it's been a it's been a uh, entertaining season that's for sure and the baseball team will be at Alabama this weekend and uh, taking on the big Crimson Tide and I guess no normal without what happened last weekend you didn't go oh you know let's see if things stay close to Alabama right now you're going to see if they can sweep them I guess I don't know <laughs> I'm curious to see is this is this for real? Was it a you know? You'd well, they th- did beat Washington last year in the first game right. of the year, right? Yeah, and had to scratch and claw to get into the conference tournament. So who knows what'll happen with this? Yeah. All right, guys, thanks, Phil. Thanks for coming by. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, for Tom and Brad. You can subscribe to the podcast uh, and our sister podcast, Sit Down and Cheer. By the way, it's with Coach Dotson, isn't it? Yes, it is. You can find those on iTunes as well as on SoundCloud. Don't forget to rate the podcast and leave a review. You can also get the access to the latest releases of the podcast by following at UND Insider on Twitter. has all the information and links on where you can listen and watch your favorite UND sports live and on demand. <laughs>